Good afternoon, everyone. Before the interview with Hope Swimmers Connor and Graham begin, I wanted to take a moment to say that my thoughts and prayers go out to the Halberg family, for their dad, mom, their sons that swim, and for any of their family members or anyone that was affected by the medical emergency that took place on Saturday. I do not know how each of you are feeling, but one thing that I do know is that I will be thinking and praying for you guys. I hope that your parent is doing all right, and that they make a full recovery. I wanted to finish this by saying again that my thoughts and prayers are to the Halberg family. Now, let's start the interview with Connor and Graham. What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 239, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce two special guests during this episode, and those are Hope Swimmers, Connor Watkins and Graham Eisenman. How are you doing, the both of you? Oh, we're both doing pretty good. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Just came back from a meet, so we're just kind of kind of relaxing, recovering from that. How did the meet go? The meet went a lot better than we had thought. We went against um, the University of Chicago, so they're a little bit of a better swimming program than us, but... The scores were a lot closer this year compared to past years. That's always a good thing, especially um, when you're going up against maybe a higher-ranked team to always kind of stay up with um, swimming as well. That has to give you guys a little bit of confidence going into your conference meet coming up in the next few weeks or about a month. Yeah, it's a month. Okay, so let's kind of start out with how the both of you started with swimming? Oh boy, like like our life swimming story, or how we got to hope? Uh, yeah, let's start out with your life story. We'll get we'll get to your how, why, and how you chose hope. But let's start out with how you end up joining the sport of swimming. All right. Okay. So I started out really young. And I played soccer. I think this was in, like, preschool. No, not preschool. It was, like, kindergarten and stuff like that. Uh, I kind of got tired of soccer. Never really liked it. I wasn't really good, if I'm going to be honest. And I eventually joined our little private school's baseball team. Uh, I did that for about two years and didn't really like it. Again, uh, I was okay at it. I wasn't the greatest by far. So then after that... My parents got me and my sister into basketball. And man, did I hate basketball as a child? <laughs> now that I've grown up, I love it. And I kind of wish maybe basketball I stuck with or something like that. Because swimming's really hard. But it turned out to be what I was good at. So I hated basketball as a child because I hated running and I didn't want to work hard at it. So I eventually, my grandma saw me swimming all the time in Florida when we go to Florida. And she suggested for the longest time that I should try swimming. So eventually one time my mom got me into a lesson or yeah, it was like a little pre-lesson into like swim team. So you'd like learn the strokes and stuff. And I kind of just took off from there. Once I did the few lessons, learned the strokes, I joined the team and it was just like, at that time it seemed easier than basketball because I was halfway decent at it and I made a lot of progress. So that's kind of how I started swimming. And then from there I just, got better and better and I went to lots of little travel meets and stuff and uh, I eventually went to high school 
And high school is where I think my mind changed about swimming. I started, <clears throat> especially my freshman year, I had some pretty fast guys on the team that they used to swim in college, but they're not anymore. But okay. they kind of pushed me to be better and faster than I thought I really could be or that I thought I could ever take swimming. And pretty much from there, I just excelled way past my team and then kind of decided that after a little bit of burnout and stuff, I decided that Hope would probably be a good place to go to, especially because I didn't want to give up all 12 years of swimming for nothing. So that's kind of the way things happened. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Overall, it was a, I mean, a long journey. Definitely lots of lessons learned, lots of hard work. That's for sure. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I bet. So then Connor, off to you. Oh, all right. So I started swimming when I was about seven. Um, my dad and I'm pretty sure one of my other uncles too they both swam when they were in high school and college um my, my uncle could have swam at U of M but it was something I remember my grandma tells me the story all the time that he he could have swam at U of M but like he was so he was so worried about academics he just couldn't handle it and that really sucks because swimming at you know, such a such a big school, such a great team would would be such a, an amazing experience. Um, but so I've always been really connected to the water. I was I was born in Michigan, and my grandparents had a lake house. So from the time that I could get into the water, I was in the water constantly. They couldn't get me out. So when we moved to Arizona, when I was three. I didn't really, I didn't really go to swimming first. Like Graham, I started. I did play soccer when I was younger. I hated it. Hey, I didn't really go to swimming first. I went through a lot of sports. Yeah, <laughs> I hated them all. Yeah, <laughs> I went through soccer. I was bad at it. I remember a vivid. I have a very, very vivid memory of me scoring on my own goal a couple times. Dude, that brings up that brings up something real quick. <laughs> I yeah. hated basketball so much. Like I didn't. I guess hate's a broad term, but I disliked it so much and didn't want to go to practice. My parents would pay me money every time I made <laughs> baskets to encourage me to try in the basketball games. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, that's that's so. great. That's fa- absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was hilarious. I'd walk away with forty dollars sometimes because I made two whole baskets. Two whole baskets. They pay <laughs> yeah. you twenty dollars a basket. Yeah, man. I was I, a how 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 bad were you at basketball for them to say and agree to paying you twenty bucks per basket? I'm, oh gosh, I, I was I was like really bad. Like I would never get into like the fight. I would always just like stay in the outside of it. I would like never really try to get in or even attempt baskets. Um, so they gave me the money or they made this bet with me, and then I really like tried to drive the ball in and stuff like that to actually make shots. I ended up making a few shots, so. Yeah, hey, the, main there you thing, go. the main thing with basketball was the running. Oh my okay. god! Same thing with soccer. Those <sighs> didn't really like the running. Running's awful. That was my weakness. Is that yes. why you guys joined swimming? So you yeah, don't have to run. Much. Yep, running is <laughs> running is still a big weakness. <laughs> but let's be honest, swimming's pretty hard too. Yeah, at times. 
All right, you, you can continue. Oh, uh, what was that? Soccer, soccer. Yes, soccer. Yes. Um, yeah, really bad at soccer. Scored on my own goal a couple times. Got some teammates really upset, naturally. Um, and then after that, I went to basketball. I was also really bad at basketball. I wasn't $20 a shot bad, but <laughs> I was still pretty bad. Um, and I, I stuck with basketball for, I think, the longest out of all the other sports. And it was about two years. And I just kind of, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't enjoy it. So I went to bowling after that. I actually, like, joined, like, a bowling league. Professional bowler. I was a professional bowler for about a year. And believe it or not, I was actually pretty good at it. I think I was, like, seven or eight. Did you memorize the time? patterns? Six, yeah. <laughs> I did, I did like, a little extra, like, spin, too. I, had like, twisted my wrist. Snap. But, um, yeah, so after bowling is when I started to think about swimming because my dad naturally thought, wow, you know, I have the genetics for swimming since him and my uncle both swam. So he decided to put me in the swim team. And I think my mom wanted me to swim too, just so I could learn how to swim. You know, that naturally motherly kind of be safe, don't get hurt type of thing. But after that, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I excelled really fast. Um, I think I started officially swimming with a team when I was seven and I was at my first state meet when I was eight. So that was, that was a lot of fun for me. Because I was really competitive, and I still am. But after that, I think I made my first Far West team when I was 10. And that that really got me excited because, you know, at the time I was like, holy, this is a huge meet. Because, you know, you're 10 years old, right? You don't think of anything outside the state. Yeah. And that was, I went to California for that meet. And seeing all these, you know, 16, 17-year-old kids going incredibly fast, it was really... It was really cool for myself to see that. Um, I kept on working. Swimming swimming was a lot easier when I was younger just because it seemed like I wasn't sore as much. Like, I could just go and go and go. Yep. And that's why, that's why I was huge on distance when I was younger. I did, I did the 400 IM, the 500 free, the 1,000, and the mile. 200 free and 200 IM. That was that was my typical state meet lineup. Okay. Prelim, final, all of it. I mean, and I did that up until I was 14 or 15. And then after that, I realized that I just couldn't do it anymore. So, um, I fell out of love with the sport around 17 just because I had some other things going on and swimming wasn't really a huge focus. I wasn't really, I wasn't improving at all for a year or two. And that was a big deal because I love to improve and get better and see that growth. And I wasn't seeing it. So it was really hard to keep going. But I had a few good friends and I had a few good coaches, you know, convinced me to kind of take a couple. I took a couple weeks off and I was really debating about quitting for those couple weeks. And I think I said I was even. I told my coach that I was quitting. But they convinced me to come back after a couple weeks and get back into it. And I think after those couple weeks, my mindset changed a little bit. And I was all in on swimming again. 
I started to get better at that again. Practices were fun. Um, I just really started to enjoy the sport a lot more. And that carried throughout the summer into coming to Hope. It really kind of seems like the, both of you kind of have pretty similar stories compared to each other. Like you both played several sports before you got to swimming, weren't really great in either of them and kind of like went through kind of the process, like whole experience of kind of swimming. I know you kind of, you talked a little bit about like kind of like losing interest, like later on in swimming Graham you didn't really go into that I really yeah, say I mean, that but you kind of hinted yeah at, I can definitely go into that yeah uh, yes so with me man I loved swimming forever and then freshman year was amazing like I said had those fast guys on the team thought they were great sophomore year was pretty good because at this point I was dropping time like crazy like every meet I'd drop 20 to 15 to 20 seconds in a 500 free like I was going wild. It was yeah. it was insane. Um, I had a really good team atmosphere and stuff. And then a lot of those older guys left, and it was literally no one on the team that was any good besides me. Some very few guys that weren't on my team. Because with my high school team, we swim with three teams. So it's Ozark, Glendale, and Republic all together. So Glendale okay. is kind of a bigger public school with some more people. And then Ozark and Republic are smaller, and we kind of just, like, tag along. So there was, I'd say, my my junior year, there was maybe three or four kind of good guys on the team. And then I was there. But it was just, like, I got so sick of swimming at this point because it was just swim, swim, swim. We'd always have, like, the same sets of 40 100s every day during high school. It was just absolutely miserable for me. And then a lot of those guys graduated after my junior year, and it was, like, my winter season, and I had to, like, stay strong and do all this stuff. But, like, I far more enjoyed lifting. I started lifting at this point six days a week, and I'd only swim, like, once or twice. Like, I really hated it. It was so cold, too, because, I mean, it was Missouri, and it was, like, not a very good indoor pool. So it was always, I was always so cold at this point because I was really lean. And I just hated being cold all the time. It was like just a mix of just so many terrible, miserable thoughts about, oh, I also had practice at this time at like 7.30 to 9.30 at night. And then I had a 30-minute, 40-minute drive home. And then I had school the next day. So it was just like, it was so hard for me to stay in the water. I absolutely hated it. Um, I definitely got a really bad attitude about it. But I knew I had to keep swimming for high school and all this stuff. Over the summer, uh, I kind of lightly kept swimming and all that stuff, and I started branching out looking for, like, colleges and stuff, because obviously senior year is coming around. You got to start thinking about that sort of thing, and my parents kind of told me, like, I'm only limited to one option, which was Jury University in Springfield, which okay. is a, it's another private school, because they knew I could get good education, good academic money for my ACT and stuff like that. So they pretty much said, we're not going to spend the same amount of money, if not more, for you to go out of state when you could just stay close to home and go to a really good school for education here. So they said, the only way we'll let you really go out is if you have some really good reason to, like swimming. So my senior year, I started to kind of gain a little bit of motivation back. I wouldn't say it was great motivation, but I started swimming more. 
and I started swimming harder during high school. And I started focusing more on getting faster, getting these times, kind of going through the whole recruiting process. And that kind of relit my spark a little bit, but it was still, I, I just kind of had this bad coach. I had a really bad taper that year. I didn't drop any time. I had pneumonia at state, but it was just still kind of this whole thing. But the one thing that kind of kept me going on, like the whole process and stuff is A, I really didn't want to stay home and be around like because everyone I know goes to that private school I, I wanted to branch out I wanted to see new people and I wanted to do different things I also wanted to kind of have like kind of a restart kind of like just something new a new experience so that yeah. kind of fueled it and then on a lot of my official visits and stuff I saw how good team atmosphere can actually be and how good coaching can actually be so that just kind of like pushed me even further to okay. continue the process so <clears throat> I was pretty much stuck at a point, kind of, I'd say December of my senior year, where I had looked at McKendry University, I've looked, I looked at Jury University, I looked at UMSL, which is University of Missouri-St. Louis, and I looked at Lewis University, and I looked at Valparaiso. And, you know, either, like, Jury, really, really, really good swim school, but also really close to home, and then we had McKendry, that was, you know, a they're really good at swimming, but their academics were pretty bad. And it was a pretty small school. So I was just kind of in this point where like, I couldn't find a good fit. Like everything was either one thing was great. One thing was bad about it. And it just didn't really line up. So when I was still kind of looking for more schools, uh, one of my friends that I had met, he was a freshman when I was a senior, his dad went to Kenyon in Ohio. And he okay. said, Hey, you should look at D3 schools. Like they have some really good swim teams and they also have really good academics. So, you know, I got on Swim Cloud and I started looking around and I kind of eventually found hope. And I took an official visit here in January, the most miserable time to come to Michigan. And I loved it. Like the team was absolutely. great. The coaches were absolutely amazing. And I was just kind of like, wow, this this could be a really great place, you know, to kind of happen. And now that I'm here, I mean, the swimming fire has been relit again. Like it is an amazing difference when you have good coaches, good sets. Uh, act like just great people around you that also really want to do good and like exceed together which it's super amazing to actually be a part of yeah and I think that's kind of the key thing is in a sport kind of having that team atmosphere but also like the great coaches as well but the both of you talked again a little bit about like you kind of hit a wall like what's like for you guys what's like kind of been either the biggest impact or maybe like a who who has been like a biggest impact for you like while you're kind of like growing through the sport of swimming like everyone has like either like a person or like something that kind of like keeps them like going so what's been like kind of your guys's biggest impact to keep you growing in the sport of swimming uh hmm I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I don't, I honestly don't know if it would be one thing. It's, it's quite a big combination of a lot of things. It's a lot of, um, coming to practice every day. And like Graham said, being around a great group of people, because this team is undoubtedly the funnest team I've ever been on. I mean, the energy is just constantly at a hundred, always, no matter what practice, no matter what time of the day no matter what day of the week. I mean, even during Christmas training, when we were in Florida, 
doing the hardest week of practice we've done all year. Everybody was just constantly having fun. And we were constantly joking and having a great practice. Um, I think another thing would be the quality of the sets in the sense that um, I can usually tell when I'm having a good practice or not. And that's always been a huge indicator as to how I'm doing as a swimmer throughout, like through a period of time. Um, before I came to Hope, I would notice that maybe half of the practices a week, I felt good. And I was really feel like, like I could actually feel the improvement from that practice while I was practicing. Um, but here, I feel that just about every single practice. The only time I haven't felt it is when I was sick. And that's that's a huge, that's a very huge thing for me. Um, I would say the third thing is seeing improvement, like actually physically seeing that improvement. Like today, for example, we were we were coming off a pretty hard week of practice. Um, and Jolly, uh, my coach, he wanted to see what I could do in a mile with a suit. And so I said, why not? I threw a suit on. I did a 50 at the beginning of the meet, and I went a best time by 0.2. And that was, I mean, shocking. I haven't ever gone that fast, obviously, from a flat start. And me and the 50 have a very love-hate, mostly hate relationship. I don't like the 50 at all. So to even see a little bit of improvement at a non-tapered, non-shaved meet was pretty huge. And then to come off of that and do the mile about an hour later, later and only go nine seconds off my best time from when I was 15 and actually did distance consistently was another huge um, huge impact for me. Like it was a huge feeling of success because I don't even train the mile much at all. I did in the beginning of the year just to get endurance up an aerobic base, but past that I haven't touched the mile. I didn't ever think I'd go back under 17 minutes again. And I went a 1652 today. So it was, a, and, and that's been happening all season just going great times in random dual meets and it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's just kind of the start of your guys's journey as well like you'll get faster throughout your years at hope as well but what about what about you graham do you have kind of any like impacts or kind of like a couple of things that might have impacted you uh yeah i definitely can say it was not one thing uh precisely the swim team is absolutely great like connor mentioned the environment of just being around great people and everyone being excited to do something is absolutely amazing it does wonders for your attitude there are days i can come in and i can be really burnt out of that week i can be really tired struggling with school and i not having a great practice and somebody can come up to me and just say a few words of encouragement and just kind of shock my system back into like, hey, we got this. Like, let's just keep going. We'll get through it. Like, it's not that bad. It's just absolutely amazing to be able to have a team that does that and they can recognize it so quickly before it spreads. And then the whole team is like, um, is just down about it and stuff like that. 
I think it also helps a lot that our team is so close. I didn't, on all my commitment trips, see a team ever as close as this. A lot of other teams formed little niches and friend groups and stuff. And, of course, there's friend groups and stuff here. But overall, we are way more social together. We do a lot more events together. And we talk with our divers and stuff. We just have a great connection to everyone in general. And it just makes it absolutely amazing. And that definitely helps me get over burnout and everything, especially right now. I think a lot of us are starting to get burnout. I mean, our season's been going on for about six months now. Yeah. It's, yeah, about. It's been going on for a while. Usually my high school season starts the first few weeks of school. It ends the week before Thanksgiving. So I'm usually really done with swimming. But the fact that I've only I've been able to keep going until now and only now start feeling kind of burnout and stuff and ready for the season to wrap up is absolutely shocking to me, which is something I never thought I could do. But another part of like kind of pushing me through that and stuff is just having like, I'd say really good coaches and really good goals to have because me in high school, I kind of just had like, Oh, let's see here. I just freshman year. I went to state freshman year. I was top three in our, um Ozark Conference Championship. I was, you know, super fast guy kind of coming in and I'd pretty much done everything by the time I'd reached sophomore year. So it was just kind of like nothing really to reach on besides maybe some faster times. And again, that just didn't really go as far as I wanted. So when I come here and I have coaches to impress, I have nationals to try to make, I have really, really, really fast guys I want to try to beat. Just stuff like that really is encouraging and motivating to really get through kind of like, you know, just the kind of burnout and stuff like that, which is a really big thing, especially when our coaches are excited to see us progress and they're really quick at noticing whether we're doing good or doing bad. They're very helpful at keeping us kind of in the right mindset, too, which I say would be a really big factor. And I kind of want to continue that kind of conversation with the whole thing of like burning out kind of in a sport, because like at the end of every sports season, every sport year, there's always kind of that burnout. Like there's always kind of that point where like, you're kind of like done with the sport. You're just like, Hey, you know what? I'm either hurting or I'm kind of like bored or I don't want to keep waking up really early going to workout, stuff like that. But can the both of you kind of talk about, like, burnout, like the difficulty of swimming? Is it more like a mentally taxing sport? Is it more physically taxing? Is it kind of like a combination of both of those? Because I think there's some mental, mentally taxing in there because you're constantly looking at a lane line for hours a day. So, yeah, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um. It's funny that you mentioned this because we kind of just got done with a meeting through Be Better, which is a corporation to help, you know, mental health issues and struggles and depression and stuff like that. And they pretty much told us that swimming is one of the most like people get the most depressed and stuff through swimming. They have most mental health issues because of how often we're just in our own heads and how it's. Yeah, you're on a team, but it's usually your individual times, whether or not you improve or not. And that definitely goes a 
far away as swimming because once you're burnt out you, and then your head's in the water, it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I'm bored. Oh, I want to uh, do other things. I want to go play basketball. I want to I do other things, stuff like that. And it's very hard to get those thoughts out of your head, which is definitely challenging to ignore. And that's, again, why this team is so amazing, because once you start having those thoughts, we're able to kind of realize when you're having those thoughts and kind of help you through it. But I definitely would say swimming is very mentally and physically challenging because we're lifting nonstop and we're lifting legs and we're lifting power and we're lifting really, really hard. And then to go from all those really hard lifts and, you know, extreme rates till we fail and stuff like that to hop in the pool with tired muscles makes it really, really exhausting. Just the amount of everything that starts to hurt, everything starts to get tired. So whenever you're struggling with burnout and stuff, it does become very challenging when you're, when you're tired, you're like, Oh, this sucks. Like, why do I want to do this anymore? I could be living my best life. I could be, you know, playing basketball, going snowboarding. I could be doing other fun things and not hurting. So you kind of have to look at the very far end goal, which is very, very hard to look at. And I think when we had the Be Better invite, a statistic he mentioned is that swimming is the number one highest burnout rate that there is for college sports. And I can very well see why, especially because everyone I've pretty much ever talked to in swimming has been burnt out at one point in their life. So I think just trying to realize that and realize when it's happening and trying to catch yourself, it's tough to catch and it's tough to be able to fix it, but you have to realize how far you came and you have to realize that, hey, we have four more weeks left. We want to do some big things. Let's not let four weeks of hurt stop us after we've already done five months of hurt. Like, it's going to get better. And then afterwards, whenever we're finished with leagues, it's going to be super fun. We're going to have a great time. You know, it's going to be amazing. Hopefully we can win leagues and beat Calvin, you know. That's the, that's the hope. That's the goal. But having that goal to reach for and stuff like that definitely helps get rid of the, you know, the burnout and just the breaking down and stuff, just having kind of a spark always there to kind of keep it lit. Um, that's kind of what I have to say on it. And I think I'll give it off to Connor. Um, yeah, burnout, burnout is definitely both physical and mental. Uh, me personally, I feel like it's a lot of physical contributing to the mental side of it. Like it's, it is very hard to go out and hang out with friends and have a good time and even just really go day to day like enjoying almost every second of it when you're just tired and you're sore and you got up at 5 30 for practice that morning um so it really it wears you down physically but that also really wears you down mentally and it gets to a point where you're i mean you're just sick of it and like Graham said, it's it's a lot of end goal. And I think that's something that helps has helped me a lot this year is envis- envisioning the end goal, and that's leagues. Because um, I would love to do good, and I know I can do good. And, of course, we want to win, I wanna, and I want to help the team win. So I've, I've really been trying to put in a lot of extra work 
and it's taken a toll on me physically for sure. I've noticed I've been sitting a lot more this year than other years maybe, but um, I've also noticed that I've been sleeping a lot more. Things Sleep. are starting to creak now? Yep, yep. <laughs> my my back's starting to hurt when yep. I get up in the morning. Yep. You're, you're starting to make the old man noises when you get up and sit down? Yep, you, yeah. It's like the groan. It's like, yeah. oh. Man, <laughs> whenever I was little and first starting to get into lifting and stuff, kind of crazy, like I do three days a week and stuff, like I would start working out without any warm-up, man. I'd just throw the weight on and start throwing weight around. It's crazy. And now whenever we get in the weight room, can't we're, do that anymore. Oh, we're getting ready to squat or do something. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this. Ten minutes <laughs> of warm-up for a single squat. <laughs> Maybe more some days, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. Definitely understand that as well. And both of you are talking about burnout of like current swimmers but one thing i really want to talk about kind of get into a little bit is the amount of people that kind of join swimming because i think we can have like an honest conversation that swimming depending on where you are i think different locations is different but at least in michigan or maybe kind of depending on what you believe swimming isn't the most popular sport especially when it comes to wintertime like a lot of people think like basketball is the most popular sport by quite quite a ways but I want to talk about like people joining swimming like giving swimming a try like what do you think are kind of like some factors in why people don't either try swimming or maybe even respect it because there's like I know there's a whole thing of like some people realize it's a really difficult sport. Some people might not think it is. So, like, what are some, like, factors that you guys both kind of believe in that, like, hey, people don't join the sport because of this, this, and this? Yeah, I think, well, to be honest, I think anybody who wants to be a swimmer has to be a little bit weird in some way to enjoy getting up early and going to bed late for practice. Um. So there definitely has to be something, something going on. They definitely have to have a little friend inside their mind. Yep, yep. Someone to talk to while while you're looking at that black line on the bottom of the pool. Um, I know I certainly do. I got I got music going twenty four seven. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's good music. Oh, it's great music. I always I make sure. That's awesome. Um, but. I don't know. I can't I can't really speak on Michigan sports a whole lot because I just I haven't lived here and I'm not really too familiar with it. But in Arizona, a lot of the swimming is because of how hot it is. Um, You know, kids will kids will swim in the summer because if you're not keeping cool, you are you are burning to a crisp. Um, You know, in 120 degree weather, it it kind of sucks to go outside and play basketball. Yes. But also the winters, the winters are really nice. Like it, it doesn't get colder than 50. Um, I think the coldest day I've seen from Arizona this summer or this winter is like maybe like 56, something like that. The coldest it gets in the mornings is like 35. Okay. And then it, it's warm again by eight o'clock. So, um, I think it's a huge environmental factor out there. 
Okay. And it can be more kind of like a dre- like a general thing. Like it could be more like you guys can think, oh, maybe people don't want to like wake up like at five thirty, five o'clock to go to practice, or people don't want to like jump into a cold pool. Like there's those kind of different, more general um, swimming factors that go into why people don't make that decision to join. Yeah, it's. I I know a lot of um kids who have joined for like a couple months and then quit because it looks I think a lot of people underestimate swimming in my in in all honesty a lot of people don't really fully recognize how hard the sport actually is and so they think oh my god it's so much fun we can go and join and you know it'll be fun and we'll be good um but after a month or so you realize how hard it is and how much dedication it takes. And so I think that really deter deters a lot of people from, from swimming past that point. Okay. What about you? What about you, Connor? Uh, Graham. Graham, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're good. Um, for me living in Missouri, it's definitely way different because swimming is not very popular in Missouri at all. People look at me and they're like, you're a what? I'm like, oh, I'm a swimmer. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, what? what is that? Like, we just don't really know, is it? So it's very weird coming, like, being in Missouri, especially because none of the high schools or anything have pools or anything with them. Kind of like Connor was talking about, it's definitely environmental, depending on where you are. And some places just have more availability of swimming. Some Like, some places have more lacrosse, and some places have more rugby, and some places don't. Obviously, Missouri doesn't have either of those two things. So, um, it definitely is a big a kind of environmental factor because of that whole thing. And then, in Missouri, people are like, oh, you swim? Oh, that must be easy. And then they have to get in and swim for a baseball swim out or something to, like, relax their muscles and stuff and kind of get off their feet. And then they come up to me the next day and they're like, oh, my gosh, you have to swim how much a day? And I'm like, oh, we swim, like, 5,000 yards a day. They're like, holy crap, I did 500 yards and I about died in 40 minutes. (laughs) So it gains some respect, especially as people get older and kind of realize that. And then because it's so hard, people don't want to join. They just don't want to work that hard to do that, especially because the only fun part of swimming is when you're swimming fast, beating people, and getting good times. Swimming is not fun when you're swimming slower. It is absolutely not fun when, you know, you're at practice and stuff like that. I mean, it can be fun at practice. We, we know how to make it fun, but... As somebody that doesn't know swimming and has never been in swimming, a lot of those factors can definitely draw them away, especially because, like, uh, I we definitely have some of the hardest practices there is, and it's a lot easier for someone to go into basketball because, like, oh, I have an off game. That's all right, you know. I mean, it might not be all right, but at least my team is there to support me, and we can at least make headway to – winning the game or I can be put on the bench someone else can be put in and y'all kind of work together now obviously swimming we all work together to overall win to meet like win the meet but 
whenever it comes down individually, if you're having an off meet, there's nothing your team can really do besides say, hey, good job, or you got it next time. So that's definitely, I'd say, another big deterring factor. Um, that kind of pushes people away from swimming. And also, because they see us running around in our Speedos, that kind of gets a bad rap, too. <laughs> that definitely does. They're like, oh, you're the gay men that wear Speedos? It's like, no, <laughs> not gay, no. Trust it's just me, part of the swimming yeah, don't once you put a speedo on, you don't want to go back. It's like super comfortable. You wouldn't get it. You yep. just got to be a swimmer to know. Yeah, uh, I was definitely one of those kids. I refused to wear a speedo until I absolutely had to, and yeah. then I was like, "Yep, wow, I was missing out. This thing is amazing. It's a lot more comfortable." But so just kind of like simple dumb things like that definitely gets a bad rap. And I'm gonna be honest. Watching swimming is pretty boring until the last few seconds. Yeah. So it's really hard for, like, the community to get involved with swimming because meets are four to five hours long. Who wants to sit there for four or five hours and watch someone swim for, you know, a few minutes? And even then, oh, you can root for your person or whatever, but if you're trying to just root for a team, you don't know the score until after the meet, pretty much. So it's very hard to kind of make it a community thing. I mean, we can definitely try our best. Parents come, stuff like that. But that's kind of like some big factors, I would say, that influence who swims and who does not swim. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And what do you mean? You don't have every single swim meet be like the U.S. versus France, really, in the Olympics where the U.S. comes from behind. It's not like that every swim meet. No, yeah, not at no. all. Nope. Yeah, uh, I can only think of one swim meet in my life that was like that. And it was my freshman year at our Central Ozark Championship meet. And we were going crazy. We had tech suited up for this meet. And I was a freshman. I scored so many points. I was getting like three, like third, second. Never got first but because I was just a freshman. But we were going crazy. And it finally came down to the end of the meet. Again, and again, the team's energy was like crazy. I've, I honestly don't know if I see. I think Hope has definitely passed it in some cases, but this is one of the best energy meets I've ever been at because everyone, like during my five hundred, no one expected me to do anything, and I popped out with a. I dropped like another twenty to thirty se seconds on this five hundred, and everyone was screaming so loud at the side of the pool. And I could see them so amped up and excited. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And finally, at the very end of the meet, there was a 400 medley relay or the 400 freestyle relay. And we were 10 points behind the other team. We just had to win. the Like, we had to get one person to win the relay. And our relay is the loudest I've ever seen anything happen. Uh, I was, I think, second on that relay. And I swam the, the fastest I could ever do. I think I caught the guy next to me, which was crazy. And I got out of the pool and I saw the entire line of just every single swimmer in that pool deck absolutely screaming their heads off because they were so excited to see who would win this race. And it finally came down to the last 100. And this this dude that was our anchor was a really fast freestyler, but he's also against a No, he wasn't against a fast freestyler. This is what made it really crazy because at this point we thought we lost. We were like, oh, shoot, we can't do it. He was, I think, the other like the other team was like ten seconds ahead of us. It, like he was a whole twenty five ahead of us, and 
our anchor, his name was Caleb. He hops in, and I've ne- I've never seen a guy go so fast. Freshman year, me, I think he went a forty nine or forty eight, and I was blown away. He reeled that gap in, and at the very last, you know, the last twenty five coming in, he barely out touched the guy, and we managed to win the meet by one point. And that was the first time in Ozark history, and it was the most exciting thing I've ever done. So I wish every meet was like that. <laughs> like yeah. today, we got absolutely smoked. Sometimes we're absolutely smoking the competition. It just it just depends. I'm sure Calvin, like our leagues meet, that's that's gonna be a wild meet. Our league meet, our leagues meet is gonna be really crazy. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. And I just remember, like, I still to this day, like. Like, I've seen the video, like, hundreds of times, but I just see the video of that last leg of the U.S. versus France, him kind of riding the other guy, like, right close to kind of the lane line and just hearing the call, and it was just absolutely spectacular. But earlier, you guys were talking about kind of hope, the team. Like, talk a little bit kind of about the team. Like, what makes... Hope Swim and Dive send out, like, do you guys do any, like, bonding, like, traditions? Like, why why is Hope kind of the best team that you guys have been on, at least bonding-wise? Because I think both of you kind of made that point. I did not specifically come out and said it, but it seems like both of you said that, hey, Hope's, like, the closest, the best team I've been a part of. So why is that? Um, There's just constant support everywhere i mean i mean i think that's one of the greatest reasons i can give you there is support everywhere upperclassmen um other freshmen coaches um we have an athletic trainer and he helps anytime we need he's he's at our meets a lot too and that's not something i feel like you see very commonly um everybody is cheering for every single race no matter what no matter where if we're getting absolutely blown out in a meet or if we are smoking the other team it there's just there's constant energy and there's constant support if i had if i had the dumbest question i could possibly think of and i went to an upperclassman i mean yeah they'd probably probably give me a little bit of crap for it like wow that's an interesting question but I mean, they would still answer it, and they would still give me a full, honest answer. Um, we we do have traditions. Um, I know that the men's team does for sure. I won't I won't go into detail about them, but I mean, every team has their traditions. Yeah. You know, we we have we have hats that we wear, and you know we we bond we bond very closely as a team right from the beginning, and that's another huge factor. Because a lot of the time, I think Graham said this earlier, um, other teams form like friend groups. And it's not much past that. It doesn't really feel like a team. It feels like a bunch of many teams within the team. And of course, we all have our group of friends that are we are a little bit closer with than others. But it's when we go to a meet and we go to a practice, we talk to everybody. I yeah. can't I can't think of the last time I haven't talk to just about everybody in a single practice or at a single meet. I mean, we are, we are constantly interacting with each other and that makes it a really close group of people. Um, like, like you guys, a statement as one. 
Yep, as one. As yep. one, baby. Yeah. As one. We get the job done as one. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just so much fun all the time. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah, it's definitely an absolutely it's an amazing time. It's just we we have like since day one. Uh since day one, we there were things going on. We're instantly invited to things, traditions were happening, uh yep. friends were being made, yep. and it was like when I first came here, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be scary talking to the upperclassmen. Oh, it's going to be scary doing this. But, like, the very first night I was talking to all these dudes I was, like, scared of. Like, Ben Catton, the crazy butterflyer, national champion. First night I was talking to him, making friends with him. And I was like, oh, this, this dude's a nice guy. Like, he's not intimidating at all. Yep. Just the way everyone is included, whether even if you're an outcast or not necessarily an outcast, but, like, you're a little bit more quiet and stuff we eventually find a way to break into your shell and get to know you, which is absolutely amazing that our team is able to do that. Um, before meets, you know, we all get rowdy. We have crazy cheers that we do uh, that we absolutely love. They just get the energy going, get the energy flowing. Uh, during midseason, and I think leagues, I know for sure midseason. Midseason, every midseason, we have a very, very cool cheer. Um, it's definitely something you definitely want to see one day it's it's a wild cheer but it definitely makes it so much more fun just being able to bond with these guys and do stuff and we definitely do things outside of the team too or not outside of the team but like uh outside of the pool so like you know postseason and preseason and stuff like that you know if you want to go over to any of the guys houses that they have you can literally just walk in at any time and go hang out. They're always watching a movie or football or something. And it's just, oh, hey, what's up? Have have a spot on our 15 couches inside of our <laughs> living room. Um, it's it's just a great place to be. And I know postseason, there's a lot of traditions that are going to go on. Some of which we don't even know yet. And that's really exciting. Especially as freshmen. Because you're like, oh, you're, you're like scared and nervous because you have no idea what you're getting ready to do but it's just super exciting to just be a part of that team and then just kind of be around everyone that does that and then form all these bonds and keep everything going like uh, we get nicknames and it's super cool and interesting because you get your nickname you want to figure it out uh you can't tell anyone but you want to figure it out and it's like this little game that you get to play and you know if you figure it out, they'll change your nickname. But if you don't ever figure it out, then we all take a knife and we engrave it into this wooden table in one of our houses. And it's got hundreds of names from tons of people all the way back to the 80s. Well, not not that one table we use, but they have multiple tables that go all the way back to the 80s of people yeah. signing their names on it. Which is pretty yeah. crazy to be a part of something like that. Like, wow, this has been going on for years like it's really 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 cool to be able to do that um same thing with the hats like we all get a brand new hat beginning of the year and uh any upperclassmen can do whatever they want to the hat besides bodily fluids and stuff like that but <laughs> yes uh, it's pretty it's kind of like a hazing thing kind of joking it's just kind of like a oh i'm gonna put you in your place dumb freshman kind of a thing but it's all fun and games and yeah. it doesn't harm anyone and it's just cool to like see everyone's hats and just the things they've been through the hats. And then at the end, whenever we get through mid season and our nicknames are finally put in, we put our nicknames on it and as one on the brim. And it's just kind of a cool little community thing that we get to do. Yeah. 
So that's definitely why this team is so amazing and so fun to be a part of because of the little traditions and just the little things that we get to do. Um, yeah. Another tradition that we're kind of doing right now is back in 2004, 2005, they made a HMS movie on like an actual CD and they literally went everywhere with a camcorder and filmed everything. And it was really cool because that was one of our team traditions. We got to watch that and it was really cool to see literally the things that they were doing is the things that we're doing right now um, and carrying on the tradition strong. So this year we bought a cheap camcorder off of Amazon and we've been trying <laughs> to recreate a 2023, 2024 hms movie which i think is super cool to be able to do so yeah yeah that that is really cool i think that's one thing that kind of makes um hope men hope men swim and dive hms kind of just special just like the ability to kind of like bond with each other kind of get to know each other get to kind of like reach out to current teammates alumni get to basically go like if you just want to show up and hang out with people you definitely can. I think that's something that's really cool about, again, hope and just like mm-hmm. the swim team in general. But swimming has to mean something and it means something differently to each individual person. So what does swimming kind of mean to the both of you? And what kind of like a lesson that you've learned throughout your career swimming so swimming for me definitely means uh it means teamwork for sure because oh no high school season and stuff you didn't really care about winning meets and stuff no one really thought about that besides i mean a few teams did like the glendale team we swam with they had one state three years and that was kind of their thing but for me now that i'm swimming in college it's definitely it means teamwork a lot because even if you're having a bad day or a bad meet, letting your attitude get you down and get everyone else down is not going to help the team. And at the end of the day, wanting to win some of these big meets, it definitely does come down to teamwork. But I'd say swimming reaches also super far past teamwork. It means hard work and dedication. Like I 100% get, you know, not everyone is down for it. Not everyone has a dedication or the drive or willpower to do that and that's all right like if you try the sport and you quit i don't think anything bad of you because man there's a lot of times i want to quit but it just it definitely means a lot of grit and determination and i think it is uh definitely made me a better person because of that it has allowed me to get through some pretty hard things and it's kind of like um where once you start doing easier and easier things, you get used to those easier things. So then when you do something hard, it's really, really hard. But the fact that we're always doing something really, really hard, whenever we do something that's eh, kind of hard, it just makes it that much more easier to be able to do because we're so used to having to put a lot of effort into everything. So it kind of keeps me you know, on the tip of my toes and it allow me to excel in a lot better things in life. I feel like, you know, school work wise and stuff like that, which has definitely helped a lot. And swimming also to me, means community and like social atmosphere because I, I know it's hard to believe swimming. You have a social atmosphere, but like <laughs> outside of the team, you know, some of the most fun times I've had is just going into locker rooms, 
putting on tech suits with dudes for 30 minutes struggling and just starting up crazy conversations, meeting new people, you know, and just being able to interact with people in different ways. And eventually at meets, you'll start to recognize them, say, hey, what's up? And just be excited about that. So I definitely think it is a great way to branch out and definitely meet new people. So those are kind of like my what swimming means to me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, swimming, I mean, swimming is basically my life. That's what it means to me. It's basically life. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that too. Yeah. All I've known, all I've done. Um, it's a lot of, it's attitude. Attitude's a big part of it. If, if you, if you manage to have and keep a, consistently good attitude i think that you excel a lot farther than if you showed up to practice every day hating to be there didn't yeah didn't want to go to practice um me during high school (laughs) yep yeah yeah me during some of my senior year yeah um it's a lot of trusting the process too I think that is that is one of the things that I have learned over the past couple of years is trusting the process. Uh, when you're when you're tired in practice and when you're down, and you think I'm not going to go anywhere in this sport, yeah, you just gotta trust. If you don't think your coach is doing something good, but you trust the coach, then you gotta you gotta trust the process because. Nine times out of ten, I think at the end of the day, you will come out a better swimmer than you were. And that is that is what I've learned. That's what I've learned on this team. Again, with today, Tabor and Jolly wanted me to try a mile. I said, you're insane. <laughs> I haven't swam a mile since I was 15. What, like, what are we, what are we doing? What's, what, what's going on? Um, but they said that they had a feeling that it would be a somewhat decent swim and to give it a try. So I trusted them and I hate it, but they were right. They were right. It was a, it was, it was a decent swim. So trusting the process is definitely, definitely a huge part of the sport. Yeah. And I definitely agree. And like, like you said, sometimes um, you just have to get that little extra, kind of push especially when you're kind of like struggling or maybe not exactly why to do something but before we get to kind of like the last question I and the answer might be pretty similar to this next question but it's one that I like to either end on or kind of the second to last question that's just like kind of like a general like advice kind of question um for anyone that like wants to like swim in college or play their sport in college or just join swimming, like what kind of advice would you give to those individuals? Um, So the first, I'd say, in my opinion, kind of one of the biggest pieces of advice is don't overlook D3 schools. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I got to go D1. I got to go D2. I got to do all this. But at the end of the day, there are some pretty bad D1 schools I looked at that were nowhere near as fast as Hope. And if, again, you know, 
in high school, everyone cares about that. They're like, oh my gosh, you went, you're going D1? Well, yeah, but it's a terrible D1 school. It, you know, they just look at the D1 and they're like, oh, wow, you're really good. But when you say, oh, I'm going D3, they just kind of give you an odd look. Um, don't let that offend you or persuade your decisions because at the end of the day, you're going to know what's the right best decision for you. And, um, you know, looking at all of your options, because I thought, again, all my options were D1, D2. I'd never swim D3. It was stupid. And again, now I'm swimming D3, one of the best decisions I could have ever made. Now, maybe D3 is not for you, even if you're really fast and, you know, swimming at one of the, you know, the higher universities like you Chicago and stuff like that. Maybe it's not for you. And maybe you do want to go division two and stuff like that. And that's totally fair. But it's about finding the right fit and not being defined by that. Definitely. Because, again, I thought I was set like I had some offers to go swim at some pretty cool division one places. They were like mid-majors. They weren't anything special like ASU. But again, my dumb high school brain was like, oh, he won. Yeah, everyone's going to think I'm so cool for that. But at the end of the day, like I would have been miserable there probably would have quit swimming there you know just things like that so it's definitely find what fits for you personally and don't let anyone tell you any differently because some people can like oh hope college what's that just explain it to them or they can kind of there yeah you're gonna get kind of made fun of and dissed a little bit in high school but after that no one cares and just being able to take pride for what you're being able to do like not everyone can go to a division three school and swim not everyone can go to a lower level division two or division one and swim so whatever your decision is taking pride in that too and not letting others beat you down about your decision too because they don't know the factors they don't understand it is definitely a big thing i would say and then another piece of advice i would say is email all the coaches even if you think you're not going to get a shot there email them uh worst they can say is no worst they can say is not say anything uh but sometimes, you know, something really good com- could come from it. Um, and a lot of the dream schools, too, I've noticed, are really not that amazing or as good as you think they are usually. Um, since I was little, you know, I've imagined swimming at some pretty crazy schools. And I've had some pretty crazy opportunities to swim at, like, some of the highest rated Division two schools in the nation. Like, Jury has won hundreds of, not hundreds, but lots of conference championships lots of national championships like they're really fast uh but whenever well first i was going to be swimming the mile in the 500 and that sounded terrible to me (laughs) but um seeing the team atmosphere and the way the coaches were and how abusive they were was just not for me um it might be for some people i guess if that's your thing but the things the coach was doing was not right. They've gotten in a lot of trouble for lots of fraudulent, scandalous things. They've gotten in trouble for hazing. They've gotten in trouble for a lot of things. And not all the schools that you think they are are definitely going to be what you think they are. So evaluating your options and, you know, not just going straight at something and trying to stick with it because you think it's going to look cool or whatever the case may be is definitely a big factor because – for me, if I would have, again, when I was looking at schools and stuff, and I would have even known about Calvin, and I would have taken an official visit there, 
if the team was anything nice, I probably would have committed there. And it probably would have been the worst decision of my life because now that I'm swimming at Hope, um, I know how great of a school Hope is and how great the, the, like, the people are here. Even though we don't have the greatest pool, we don't have all that great stuff like Calvin has. Uh, my mind would have just been like, yeah, I got to go because of the pool. The pool is sweet and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like team environment and coaching and your ability to actually get work done, I would say, is what's going to matter. Whether it's a good pool or an okay pool. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my two cents on the whole swimming in college. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, at least you have Holland Aquatic. I know the Dow isn't the mm-hmm. greatest pool, like you said, but Holland Aquatic is pretty nice. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, my advice, ooh. Yeah, my advice would also to be something around, um, don't hate D3. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to pick where you're going to fit in best. If that's a D1 school, then that's great. If that's a D2 school, that's great. If that's a D3 school, then that's great. Um, An NAIA school. Yep. Even better. You gotta, you gotta go where you fit in and what feels right to you. You gotta trust your gut feeling with, you know, the conversations that you've had with the team and the coaches and looking at the school, whatever, whatever place feels right to you, you gotta jump on that. I, when I was looking at hope, it felt right almost from the moment I visited and past that, I didn't really look at many other schools and I don't regret it at all. I, you know, cause I trusted, I trusted the feeling that I had and um, I'm very happy with the decision I made. Yeah. I was about ready to not even look at Hope College because it was past January and I wanted to commit by the new year. And I was just going to commit at university of Missouri, St. Louis because it had a really great team environment, but it's just a public school. So they had pretty bad academics in a really sketchy area of St. Louis and that would have been a really bad decision. So definitely evaluating all your options until you know. Because I, whenever I went on my official visit to Hope, like I said, within a week I committed. Like I just knew after leaving, after meeting the team and being with everyone, I just feel like this, this is the place. So, yeah. 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 I mean, just consider every single option that you have. Don't email, email everybody. Honestly, reach out to schools that you don't even think you have a chance of going to. Make an email that sounds great, and then copy and paste. Copy and paste, everyone. (laughs) But make sure, because I did this one time, it was really embarrassing, but make sure to change the name of the people you're sending it to and the school you're sending it to. Did did they they respond? No, I got no response, but I I was looking at a school in uh, Grand Canyon University, or, yeah, Grand Canyon University, really pretty good D2 school. Yes. And I sent the email to all six coaches, but I had left the old names of the other school I sent to them. And I had a little app thing, and I could see that they had read the email, but they did not respond to me. And that was really embarrassing. So don't do that. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say I've ever done that. But, <laughs> yeah. Copy and pasting emails is actually a really good idea. I emailed 
over 150 schools. When I was looking at colleges, I sent over 300 emails over the course of a week. Um, and that ranged from a low D3 school to Texas or Cal. It, it didn't matter. You know, you got to send it out to everybody. Because at the end of the day, unless you're some phenom that's already going to the Olympics, no coach is going to reach out to you unless it's a really bad NAIA school or D3 school that has a YMCA team for their swim team. So you got to be the first person to take that step, which is a little weird. Another thing is, is my parents did it. They bought the NCSA app thing. But you do not need to buy any sort of app or anything. You have all the access you need to access the coaches and stuff. Yeah, that app was kind of nice, but most of my research was done through SwimCloud and stuff like that. So it was easy that we paid for it and I could get the emails straight from there. But if you do a little bit of digging, you can look for the coaches' emails because it's a public known thing on Google and stuff. So don't spend the money on the crazy apps and stuff. Just start sending the emails and send in your times. Yep. Yeah, 100%. There's no, yeah. there's no harm in reaching out. Absolutely no harm whatsoever. Yeah, and like you guys said, um, you might get a response that you like never expected to get, or even if you don't get a response, there's always kind of teams looking for athletes, looking for um, one or two athletes that are interested mm-hmm. in them, and that's why like I kind of enjoy doing this podcast. One, because I love talking about sports, but two kind of just talking about the whole like division three division two because one thing that the both of you kind of made the point of in high school like if you commit to like a division three division two school you might get some people saying well it's not division one or some people might say it's division one or bus but that's not the case i think there's great athletes at all divisions i think there's really great opportunities that some people overlooked that you guys talked about and i think that division three division two in themselves get don't get the appreciation that they should but i think it's just fun kind of learning about people's different journeys kind of learning about people's paths like being a division three athlete like what's it like compared to being a division one because i think a lot of people kind of like see like that division one especially like football basketball stuff like that they see like Mm -hmm. oh you're playing in front of 50 60 70 thousand fans you have all these things while maybe at a division three level you probably don't get very all those things but there's also there's other factors that come in with like the team and again you have those things at division one but like Mm -hmm. at division three you're joining because you love the sport and because it feels like home yeah yeah and again with division three there is a little bit more emphasis on academics too which is kind of nice especially since i'd been dealing with a lot of burnout and stuff i didn't want to go somewhere super crazy and then hate swimming i still wanted to like swimming and enjoy it so that helped a lot in my decision too but it kind of makes me think of a news article. I'm not for sure which team it was. It was mentioned at our Be Better thing. But there was a Division One school that has gotten sued over it. And their coaches, I think it was swimming, they were like, 
causing people to fight during practice because like fight for positions and spots they were making fun of people they were instigating uh, they're making a hateful team atmosphere and everything was about literally who's the fastest or else you're not getting any attention we're not talking to you we don't care about you and just being a part of that life too sounds terrible one of our swimmers she her name's greta and she swam at university of michigan uh really good D1 swim school, but she deal, dealt with a lot of mental health issues. Eventually, again, burnout, decided to step away, and now she just came back to hope and has actually found great joy in swimming again. So it, it just all depends on, again, what you want with the sport and how that team environment is because there's a lot of crappy team environments there. Like I knew a kid that – he decided to swim at Missouri State University, which is a pretty good mid-major school. And he could have swam at uh, Arizona State if he wanted to. But at the end of the day, he realized after that visit, as much as he wanted to commit to Arizona State, that was like a dream school. That's crazy to be able to swim there. That he wouldn't be fast enough to even get close to having practices with Bob Bowman. He wouldn't be anything special on that team. He wouldn't make a dent. And... As much as it would be crazy to say, I committed to Arizona State, you know, uh, he chose to be able to enjoy the sport and actually do something for the team. And I also know another guy that committed to, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was another guy that committed to Arizona State University. He was a very fast guy. His name was Leo Kruitz. And, uh, again, he just realized, like, I'm not going to go to the Olympics probably. Even if I am, there's other places that can get me prepared for that. Why would I go to a team where, you know, I'll probably never talk to some of the great coaches and stuff. I probably won't make any impact on this team because there's already such insane swimmers on this team. So he decommitted from Arizona State and went to Mizzou. So it's just, again, figuring out what works for you. And if you want to be that backup guy and swim at that crazy school and you can, all means go for it. But if you want to make, you know, uh, progress for your team and be a part of it, it's it's just all depending on, like, what you want to. Exactly. And I definitely very much agree with that. And it seems like that's why you guys went to Hope. That's why Hope is so special to the both of you. Hopefully you got at least another th- three more years at Hope. But before I end the podcast, I want to end on something that is called like the fast round basically it gives you kind of like two different options and you pick one that you prefer over the other you can say why it is you don't necessarily have to you can give an explanation of why you want why you pick the one option over the other but i just think it's super interesting and let's get started out with breaststroke or fly butterfly oh butter butterfly Super missing, fun. Super fun. Missing your yeah. race or DQing in a relay? Missing race. Missing race. Yeah. 100%. If I miss a race, I'll just take a beating from the coach and we'll just be done with it. But whenever you get DQ'd from a relay, oh, you let the team down and that sucks, man. Yeah. I DQ'd one of our relays at state during freshman year of high school. Oh, my gosh. I never let that, like, no one let me live that down until all the dudes graduated that I was with. Yep. Wow. 
Yeah. yeah. I've DQ'd a relay this year, and I still, to this day, cool. it was it was a relay that didn't even, like, really, like, fully matter. Like, it was, like, it wasn't, like, a big meet or anything, but, I mean, like, I still felt absolutely horrible about it. Still do. Yeah, that, that's, that stuff happens, but hopefully the team, I'm sure they might um, bring up every once in a while, but I'm sure the team's really good at not um, bringing up either. But missing the wall or your goggles falling off? Oh, goggles falling off. Goggles falling off. Man, since I was little, I would swim all the time with no goggles, so I'm, like, immune to chlorine in the eyes. Yep, yep. In fact, I swam a 500 one time with no goggles <laughs> and broke my best time also during freshman or sophomore year. So, yeah. There you go. Wild. What's your guys' thoughts on clear goggles? Love them. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> they're, they're fine. You're going to acclimate. We actually, we actually had a practice about a week ago where Graham had to wear a pair of clear goggles, and that was yeah. the most entertaining practice nope. I've had in a very long time. I felt uh... he had the ears out. He had the clear goggles. It was fun. Nope. Nope. It was a Monday morning. It made my week. It, is there a reason? Is there a reason why you had to wear clear goggles? Because I heard that you were made to wear it, so there had to be a reason. Unless you, you forgot heard the I stuff. Was... You heard that I was made to wear it? I thought maybe. Well, I thought Connor said that you were made oh, to wear it. Yeah. Got it. No, no, no. I wasn't made to wear them. Uh, so I took my goggles from the locker room and put them in my bag for a swim meet. And then I left all my bag and stuff here thinking I had goggles in the locker room. And I had no goggles in the locker room. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He had to borrow a pair. Oh, no. That's not what happened. because I've Oh, you left them at West Ottawa. Yeah, I have a different pair of racing goggles. I left yeah. them at West Ottawa. So I didn't have a pair of goggles for a week. Well, I had my racing goggles, and I eventually used those. But oh, I got ridiculed for clear goggles. Man. <laughs> it was it was so funny. Oh. You had to see it nope. to to believe how funny it I was. I think clear goggles are amazing. It takes a real man to <laughs> wear goggles like that. Well, well, if that's the case, then why don't you do it all the time? Oh, because I don't have a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a pass on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, get DQ'd every time you swim a best time or never swim a best time again? DQ'd every time I swim a best time. Yeah. So at least I know I'm still going still best time. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Swim races in a hot pool or practices in a freezing pool in the morning? Practice in a freezing pool in the morning. I hate swimming in hot anything. It depends. If, I, if, I'm, a sprint, if I'm sprinting, that's fine. But if it's anything over a 100... The hot pool is bad. So, I don't know. That's a fine line. Um, Make cold? There's nothing worse than a cold pool in the morning, man. That is so bad. Ooh, that's a good point. In the morning, man. Um, uh, I think I'll go cold pool, I guess. Okay. Your own lane or anti-fog goggles that actually work? My own lane. Own lane. Own yeah. Lane. Swim only fly for a week straight or stop swimming? Stop swimming. I'll take I'll take fly for a week. Oh, I couldn't do it. You I want to probably five k yards fly. Ah, never specified how many yards. <laughs> that <laughs> it, it includes normal practices. Oh, well, hey, good, I'm gonna tell Saber tomorrow that you want to ah. fly for a week. Oh yeah. That's you know what? Great. I'll be man. I'll still take the fly. Oh, I'm doing a week off. I'll take a week off. Like, and extra- no, you said stop swimming. 
for yeah, a week. Yeah, I said, I said, I said, yeah, stop swimming. For a week? No, stop swimming. Oh, just stop. <laughs> for, oh, no, yeah. I want to stop swimming. Uh, I, I guess do the butterfly thing. <laughs> no. I was like, wow, this is an easy one. Stop swimming for a week or do butterfly for a week. That's easy. Oh, no, it, it's they're not supposed to be easy. So stopping swimming completely. Ooh, well, I guess I'll yeah. take the butterfly. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take fly. <laughs> An extra day of rest or perfect turns during a race? Perfect. Oh, turns. I take turns. If we're are we talking about a tapered race already, or just a <laughs> normal race? Any any race, it could be tapered or just regular race. Okay, tapered race. I'll do perfect turns any day because that extra day of rest has already been had. Okay. <laughs> Have the ability to breathe underwater or unlimited kick power? What do you mean by by unlimited kick power? Like your legs just never die? Yeah, your legs never get tired. I'd take kick power. Yeah, I think I'd take kick power. I think that'd be the fastest. If I was if I was a hardcore sprinter, I'd take the breathing, but I I I I do I don't do a fifty. If you have if you have crazy kick power, you don't even need to breathe for a fifty. Yeah. Become a distance swimmer for the rest of your career or swim one half marathon one time. So half you have marathon. to you have to swim the length of a half marathon one time. I'll do the half marathon. I will never be a distance swimmer. I'm a pass. Wow, this one this one feels it's like hitting a little bit too close to home. Um God, I'd probably take I'd probably take I'd probably take ooh, I take the marathon. I had a Michigan swimmer on um, Matthew Kroll. Um, he did a he swam a half marathon to um, try to bring back Michigan State swim and dive. So that's kind of where I got that question. Oh, but my. I I, 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 I I talked to him about it. I can't remember if it was five or six hours that it took him to do it. Ne- wow. Never out of swimming. Never got out of the pool either. Oh, that's. My yeah, gosh. that's dedication right there. That's wild. Yeah, so I think he did a half marathon, and then he had another um, teammate do a half marathon with him by himself. So, yeah, pretty interesting. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Now, I got uh, one that might be a little bit more difficult for Connor um, than Graham, just <laughs> because of something that he said. But taper or your favorite food after a meet? Oh, Oh no! Wait, can we still can we still taper no. for one meet, or just never taper again? Never. I'm 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 gonna go. I'll, I'll take the uh, the taper. I'd rather be able to taper because it's just one meet. I'll just get some crappy food and then live my life, and then every other day I can have good food. But then I'm having a really good meet for leagues. We're smoking Calvin. We're going crazy. I'm taking taper. Yeah. I, I, I could, I, oh, God, I probably couldn't forego the food, but I could still get food. But, but it wouldn't be good food. It would just be like self food. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still taking the taper. Because but then your... the next day you can go get crazy food. Yeah. Yeah. Then you true. can treat yourself right. That's true. What's your guys' favorite food after a meet? Oh boy. Something really greasy with a lot of calories because after doing a swim meet, it doesn't matter what you eat. You're practically at a net zero for food. So, yeah, that's true. My favorite is 
two nice and a large thing of fries and a drink. Okay. I'm probably in the same place. We did that. We did that. We actually did that last week. We did weekend. that. Yeah. We had 10 burgers at one table. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, when I was younger, my favorite post meat food used to be a giant donut, like oh. a Texas. I don't know if you guys have this out here. We call them Texas donuts. Uh, and they are humongous. They are huge. I don't know what a Texas donut is. Yeah, it's an Arizona thing. No, I, I, I've heard of donuts. I don't know if it's in Arizona, but it might be like California. Like they're as big as your like face or something like that. Like yeah, they like have they thing. have those donuts in California too. I've I've had one. They're really good. That's wild. That is wild. So one last question. This actually is a little bit more difficult than I thought. At least in past ones that I've asked people, I thought this would be a pretty easy question, but it's actually been more one over the other. But swimming or any other sport? Wow. Swimming or any other sport? Going to be good at any other sport? Just swimming or any other sport? Uh, I'd still pick swim. I don't know. I might pick diving, man. Oh. Diving looks fun, except for when they hit the water and get a concussion. Di- diving is fun, by the way. So just want to specify yeah. it is fun. Yeah, know. diving, diving's fun because swimming is so boring. And it's just the one thing when I was little, I happened to be good at and then stick with, and then I couldn't really do anything else, so I just stuck with it. And yeah, it's still fun. I still have a fire for it, but like, man. What if little me started balling, man? <laughs> we kept, we actually started practicing like a practice for swimming and actually yeah. got running. And you went down to five bucks a shot instead of 20. <laughs> Dude, maybe I would have gone wild. D1 basketball player, 5'10, oh, man. 5'10, five, five, white guy from Missouri, baby. <laughs> hey, you could be the next Steph Curry. Maybe, Ooh. man. Making threes down. Down the court, baby. Down the it, court. Is the uh, shot a lot better now, though? Hopefully. Is it what better? Is the shot a lot better? Hopefully, I've seen in basketball. It. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Due to never really shooting baskets, but yeah. hey, postseason, we're we're getting that shot figured out, man. Yeah, we do a lot of basketball postseason. I've heard. Yeah. Um, Who, who's okay, the better I gotta answer the question, though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I I think swimming. I love the team. Yep. I'm still taking. Swimming. I don't know. I think I'll just have to pick swimming. But I think about that actually a lot on the daily occurrence. Every day I think to myself, wow, why wasn't I a diver? Or wow, why didn't I do something different? Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. But you guys are where you are. You are doing this sport that you you are doing. You're on hope. It seems like it's something that you love doing. And um yeah, I really appreciate you guys joining. It's been a really fun conversation. I hope that you guys had a lot of fun. One thing I always say is if you ever want to come back on to just talk more about swimming or anything sports in general, I'd love to absolutely have you guys back on. But I know you have like about a month left, so good luck in this next month. Hopefully you can go win conference. I know it's been, I believe – two or three years since you guys have done it so hopefully you're able to do it again but hopefully you guys had fun and thank you both for joining yeah thank you so much for this opportunity it's definitely been fun yeah thank you it was it was a lot of fun thank you so much for the opportunity
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely glad that you guys were able to join, take a few hours out of out of your day. But it's been a great time, and like I said, good luck to the both of you. And that is a wrap to episode number two thirty nine. Thank you again to Connor and Graham for joining, and tune in to next episode.